This is a Demon FM podcast. Please be warned, this podcast contains explicit themes. You are listening to Crimecast, the podcast where we talk about murder, mystery, and conspiracy. With us, Emily and Jasmine. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to our second episode of Crimecast. Yeah, Crimecast. Crimecast. <laughs> We're talking about the Golden State Killer today. Yes, it's a very in-depth, long case, isn't it? It's crazy. Mm. So, before we get into the Golden State Killer, how was your week? We had it a week was off. good. It was really good. It was nice to spend time with my family because I haven't seen them for quite a while. Um, worked quite a bit. Need that dollar. Oh, oh! Did you actually go to work? Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, had a lovely twelve-hour shift on um, Saturday where I generally thought oh, I broke my back. Oh. So that was nice. But yeah, seeing friends I haven't seen in a while because we'll see they came back from uni, which was nice. Well, you? What did yeah. you get up to? Um, caught up with a lot of uni work actually because I was quite behind. So I thought I better use this week to catch off and actually do stuff. Reading so, week, more yes. like sleeping week. <laughs> Literally, no, it was quite productive actually, and I think I needed it. Yeah, needed little that kick. week. Yeah, and I thought today now, so that's great. That's good. Yeah, I wish I did a bit more work. I like caught up on my lecture notes, but other than that, I was a bit like had a bit, a bit of a breakdown when I saw my assignments. So <laughs> went into a bit of a sad depression pit, and then ooh, mm-hmm. no, no more work after that. Yeah, literally, I had an assignment in, so I handed that in, and I get the um, my grades on Friday. <laughs> Yay! Woo! Claps all around. <laughs> Congrats. I know, I know. Can't believe it. Right. Should we get into it? Yes. Okay. So, the Golden State Killer. The Golden State Killer um, was a serial killer, a serial rapist, and a burglar who committed at least 13 murders and more than 50 rapes and over 100 burglaries in California from 1974 to 1986. Yeah. And that's what they think as well yeah there could be more it could have been yeah (laughs) who knows um but it was a weird way how they like found out that it was him because he only got found out last year didn't he yeah um by was it dna test yes was wasn't it by was it ancestry and me or 22 and me something like that yeah so it was by one of those dna tests and one of his relatives took that test and then they used the dna from one of the crime scenes and it matched up with this guy yeah the killer spawned three different nicknames in the press across california as the crimes were believed to be committed by different people there was the Vesalia ransacker an east area rapist and the original night stalker it's because they originally thought that these people are all different killers. Yeah. But really, it was the same one. Yeah, because uh, he kept changing up his tactics on mm. how he'd carry out like the rapes and the murders and that sort of thing. So they could never be linked all together at the same time until the in 2001, there was a DNA testing which indicated that the East Area rapists and the original Night Stalker were in fact the same person. And then in 2013, to heighten the awareness that the uncaught killer operated throughout California. 
crime writer Michelle McMara coined the name Golden State Killer, which is how everyone knows him today. Yeah, and she actually sadly passed away just before he got arrested and they found out who he was. Yeah, but the husband, did you know that the husband um, carried on her like investigation like into the novel i didn't know that yeah because she like on her deathbed she was a bit well not deathbed because she died in her sleep but like before literally just before she died like night before or something Mm. she literally said to him like i don't care if it's me that finds him like make sure you do sort of thing which is quite good so well you know he fulfilled her her little that's lovely yeah actually so i want to get started on the vesalia ransacker um In the California counties, he was known to have raped over 50 women and many of the women woke up to a flashlight blinding their eyes and a man standing over them in a ski mask, demanding that they do as he says in order to save their own lives. After the acts were committed, he would slip monuments into his pockets to remember the victims by. Although he originally targeted women alone at home or with their children, he preferred attacking couples. He usually forced the females to bind up their partners beforehand and the Golden State Killer usually put dishes on the man's back and threatened to kill everyone in the house if he heard them rattle. He then moved the women into the living room and often raped them repeatedly for several hours. He then crept away, leaving the victims uncertain if he had left at all. Wow. And how that started is um, apparently there was a little community meeting and um, they were saying how this um, rapist only does it when women are alone because that's how it started. And apparently he was in that meeting and then from then on he started doing couples. So like he got annoyed that they were like, oh, you can only do it when the husbands are away. Yeah. He was like, you know what? I'll show you that I can do it when he's Sort there. of a power thing, a sort of like, haha, I've got one over you sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's a bit sick, isn't it? And then, so for his first killing, well, his first rape, not actually killing, because he started off raping before mm. we did the killing, was actually a woman called Jane and she was with her son and the son was in her bed and she woke up to a, a man with um, a mask on and a large butcher's knife at six o'clock in the morning and he said, shut up or I'll kill you, which he said a lot. And um, he teared up the bed sheets and blindfolded them, gagged them, moved the son into the living room and um, tied her ankle, untied her ankles and raped her. And then he left and then she got help she had to wait for about two hours to make sure he actually left oh my gosh um but it's disgusting the fact that her son was there yes yeah and it's just like oh wow you had the decency to move him out of the room like that's any less damaging yeah it's horrible well did you know that when the killer like was younger he was nine or ten he was said to have witnessed his seven-year-old little sister being raped by two men. Wow. You'd think that would put him off all that stuff, wouldn't you? Yeah. But, like, maybe it was a sort of a... Obviously, that was a triggering point for him. So maybe Mm. him exposing that to other young people, it was sort of his way of revenge and sort of like, oh, I had my childhood taken away from me by witnessing such horrible events that now it's your turn sort of thing I don't know yeah possibly it probably did something to his chemicals in his brain and just did something to him and he's probably really damaged from that all um it's crazy when we look into these cases because half the time something happened in their childhood yeah which is really sad 
But yeah, should we get into how the community kind of acted about this? Um, So it obviously happened throughout the 70s and 80s, well, late 70s and 80s. And um, apparently women were so scared they wouldn't go out at night. They wouldn't be alone. And there was one time there was eight attacks in five months in one area. Oh my gosh. Which that is ridiculous. Can you imagine living in an area... And finding out there was eight attacks in that no, short amount of time. You'd be petrified, you wouldn't want to leave the house. Yeah, literally. So, there were three separate cases, but it turns out that they all tied in to one killer. The names of these cases were the Rangsaka Rapes, the East Area Rapist, the Night Stalker, or the original Night Stalker, Golden State Killer. Each case all had their own different methods. Um, so the first one is the Rangsucker Rapes, which um, he targeted mostly single-storey houses and mostly burglaries, and then it turned into rapes. The East Area Rapists um, mostly targeted middle-class areas and always women. These houses were near lakes and open areas for a quick escape. Um, he would really target neighbourhoods. He was very specific about his neighbourhoods. So very middle class, rural areas. And um, he would actually telephone his victims to get to know their daily routines. He would um, look at their windows to make sure they would open easily. And they were really thought out. And then the original night stalker, he started the murderers. He threatened his victims and he even rang the police and threatened them. Yeah, on the... 18th of March 1977, the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office received three phone calls from the Golden State Killer claiming to be the East Area Rapist. He called twice and then the second time he said, I'm the East Side Rapist and I have my next victim already stalked and you guys can't catch me. He really enjoyed like taunting his victims and he like especially used to call around Christmas time like during December just as like a constant reminder like it didn't matter if he'd committed the crimes months ago or like weeks ago or even like years ago he still loved the power of like tormenting them. Um, a previous victim had received a phone call um, during the Christmas season to which she attributed her attacker the caller had said Merry Christmas, it's me again, to the victim. And it's it like, I never pick up phone calls from numbers mm. that I don't know. And especially if like something could happen to me like that, I'd, I think I'd be petrified. So like, it's 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 so chilling. And especially during like the Christmas period, I think, because most people are thinking about their families yeah. and like, you know, getting in the holiday spirit and stuff like that. I think it's he planned that in such like a devious way. Yeah. Like, he even rang one woman after 24 years after the attack. Why? Like, Like, why? Honestly, it's so weird. It's just so thought out. It's crazy. Um, So, after this period, because it was getting later and later into the 80s and actually DNA evidence came about, um, so there was three rape cases and they all took DNA from these rapes and then it came back to being the same person known as the original Night Stalker. And then this was this happened in 2001, actually. So actually quite a while after um, the 80s, but it took that long for them to perfect DNA and then make that conclusion. Yeah. So during the East Area period of the Golden State Killers, time frame he first his first murder was um a young sacramento couple 
who was a military policeman named Brian McGorry and his wife, Kate. They'd been chased down and shot dead in the streets because they had, like, heard or seen any, like, something to do with one of the, the rapes. And um, the FBI announced on the 15th of June of 2016 that they were confident that it was him. After this, during the original Night Stalker period, the killer took a dark turn. After raping his victims, he then decided to start killing them. And after, there was only one surviving couple who had alerted their neighbours, which forced the killer to leave. Other victims were killed by gunshots or blunt force trauma. The DNA was uploaded to a website which identified 10 to 20 distant relatives of the Golden State Killer, for whom a team of five investigators working with a gynaecologist constructed a larger family tree that identified two suspects in the case, one of which was ruled out through a relative's DNA test, leaving the Golden State Killer as the main suspect, who goes by the name of D'Angelo. Joseph James D'Angelo was a former police officer for the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office. He was charged with eight accounts of first-degree murder with special circumstances. In 2019, a court proceeding prosecutor announced that they would seek the death penalty for the killer and the judge ruled that the cameras may be allowed inside the courtroom during the trial. D'Angelo cannot be charged with rapes or burglaries because of the limitations expired of those offences but he can be charged with 13 accounts of murders and 13 accounts of kidnappings. He faces either life without parole or death if convicted. Let's get into some facts about the Golden State Killer. Um, so from 73 to 76, he was actually a burglary unit officer um, for the police force in Exeter, um, which is actually crazy but it makes sense to why he was so good at getting in to houses and he knew exactly what to do. Yeah. He um, actually, like, was a skilled cat burglar. So, like, basically he used to break in during the night and sneak around. Mm. His brother-in-law actually says that D'Angelo casually brought up the East Area Rapist in conversation around the time of the original crimes were committed. And neighbours had reported that D'Angelo frequently engaged in loud, profane outbursts. And one night... One neighbour reported that his family received a phone call from D'Angelo threatening to deliver a load of death because of their barking dog. Wow, how weird is that? Yeah, he was only living with his daughter and his granddaughter at the time of his arrest because obviously when he was arrested, Mm. he was well into his his later years of life because he was born in um 1945 so that like think about how old he must be now he must yeah. be what in his 80s in his 80s in his late 70s yeah he is he's quite old which is a bit sad because he's not really going to serve his time is he no and no. he will probably get it in prison yeah as well. and like when he got arrested and charged all this he just played out that he was being a victim and he, that he mm. didn't he didn't know what was going on because he was old and senile when in reality he was fully functioning. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I don't believe for one second that he stopped when they think he stopped. No. He probably just did ones here and there um, because DNA came around and obviously he was in the police force so he knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, even if he didn't commit any more rapes as such, I bet he was still a creepy old man that you yeah. would definitely avoid at a bar sort of thing. Definitely. I wonder what his daughter and his granddaughter thought. I don't know, because if he's done all these things to 
these women in the past? Would you really? Mm. Obviously, the daughter probably would never have known that that's what her dad yeah, was like. Yeah, but it like. makes you think that... Would you really want your child to be trusted? Like, I wonder what the daughter's perspective on this is. Was she, is she outraged? Like, does she blame, like... Mm. Like, I bet, I bet she kind of questioned... Like the safety of her daughter, yeah, or maybe like her the, childhood, yeah. Um, maybe some stuff might come out on that, really, because you know he's only just been arrested last year. Maybe the more they get into the case, might find out that he actually was abusive to the daughter and the granddaughter. Yeah. I don't think he's done many talks whilst being in prison. No, I don't think he really. He doesn't want to make it seem like he knew what he was doing because he's old now. Yeah, probably pretended that he's like suppressed all of his memories and that sort of thing on mm-hmm. the case yeah 100 percent. it was a very interesting case this one however it was very confusing even for us and like for our second podcast i think this was a bit of a stretch oh i think so <laughs> like it's very confusing like have a look at yourself like go and try and do some of your own research yeah. and it's it's hard but definitely watch some videos on this case yeah because it's you know, we we recommend um, Eleanor Neal on YouTube. She's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> and she definitely has a bit more of a hold on all of this information. And she composes it quite well, 100%. I think, I think we've done all right considering how much was... There is a lot of in information there. compressed into yeah. a podcast. Mm. We could speak for hours on the, on the subject. To break it down yeah. fully, definitely. It would take hours... Definitely. But yes, it, it, it was a, a tricky case. I, I'm, I'm really surprised, though, that like this happened during the 70s and it's only just been sort of the cold case has been re- revived, revived, solved, solved. Yeah, yeah that's the word. Solved. <laughs> solved. <laughs> um, it's revived, even word, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the end of today's episode. If you want to find more of our podcast, you can look on Demons um, Spotify and go and subscribe on there so you can listen to us more often. <laughs> yeah, um, it's called Demon FM Podcasts on Spotify. So defo, give us a listen. And there are multiple podcasts available, such as those that are fan of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Mm-hmm. There's a weekly podcast on that. There's also film reviews and Geek Speak, which yes. is our producer Reese's podcast. Yeah, a big thank you to Reese for being so supportive. Um, he's such a great producer. So thank you. Yeah, so we'll see you next week, guys. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye.